today on Learn Me Something. Voitech versus Marketing Campaign Jeopardy. Caleb, I lost last episode. You sure did, and it was nice to have a week off for me. Yeah, I'm sick of losing, so I'm bringing <laughs> it this week, but the punishment last episode was that I had to pay all the patrons five bucks. Yeah, and uh, a nice simple one. <laughs> yeah, very simple. Um, yeah, it's. I'm just going to think of it as a thank you to the patrons, a little uh, discount. Ah, uh, very kind. Yeah, a discount to the people actually paying us. Yeah, when they could be listening for free. <laughs> yeah. So really, thank you, patrons. Were you? Yeah, oh, sorry. Um, thank you. Blessings to you and your household. Um, were you able to like get all, a hold of all of them and get all their information? Because uh, I realized be after that, I was like, I haven't done it yet. As of recording, I haven't done it yet. By the time this comes out, I will mm. have reached out to everybody. To figure out an easy way to do it. I was thinking just Venmo or something. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, I have not finished writing the script to the B-movie yet. So, How how much time have you taken on that since the episode has come out? Not very much. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I've done it like once or twice, but it's kind of been an untraditional couple of weeks. You know when you have a schedule and then... And your schedule includes like working on stuff and you're in your office or wherever doing stuff. Yeah. I feel like mine's, oh man, sorry. I ate a uh, fig bar before this and I forgot that it always gets stuck in my throat. Oh. So if I start sounding like... I'm going to chew next time. Yeah. If I start sounding like I'm choked up, it's not because I'm emotional. Trust me, I am deadpan as a wolf that's had an average day okay anyway i feel like my schedule's been a bit disruptive so i actually haven't had very much like sit at the desk and work time lately but it's sitting i've got a just a stack of paper sitting on my desk and so every time i sit down i just grab it write some lines and then get to work i heard this trick this guy, this like millionaire who like posts videos on Instagram uh-huh. and like one of those, like, I don't know if he calls himself a guru, but people might call him a guru. He like posts videos about money and life and stuff. And he was like, I was trying to save time and I always forgot to, uh, I don't know, wash my hands or something Yeah, at the beginning of the day or wash my face or whatever. No, it was, uh, I think he brushes teeth. He wanted to hair something it's like he always has coffee so he put his toothbrush by the coffee maker ah uh, yeah so then while he's making the coffee he brushes his teeth i don't i don't think it's actually brushing his teeth now that i think about it because <laughs> something like that. you probably do that after you have coffee but <laughs> you need to pair it with something so you put the little piece of paper and a pen like next to the toilet something yeah. you do every day That's or you put it a good on idea. the fridge and before you can open the fridge to get some food you write a sentence that's a good idea. Um, if you've read the book Atomic Habits, that principle is called habit stacking. And it's an oh. actual science-based thing where it says, take something that you always do and attach something you want to do to it. And then that, basically you're forming a habit by association with the habit there you, you already have. Yeah. Habit and you stack. can also form habit sandwiches, which is not explicitly written that way in that book. But... okay. 
I renamed it habit sandwiches just now because it sounds more fun. And that's the same thing if there's a cr uh, chronological list of things you follow habitually on a certain day, you smash something you want to like do button. right in the middle. Okay. Or you do two things, a habit, schmore. <laughs> yeah. The the possibilities are endless, really. <laughs> or you do one thing that you want to do, and then after that, you do your habit, habit pizza. Oh. Or perhaps a habit... Nope, I got nothing Oh, else. check this. I uh, thought maybe habit, I'd come up with something. Habit burrito. You do your habit, and then while you're doing your habit, <laughs> you do something that you want to do, and then you finish off by doing your habit. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Or habit cereal, where you're doing something <laughs> you want to do at the same time as doing something you usually do. You do like a bunch of stuff all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, while you're watching your evening television series... You're also yep. doing calf raises and writing the script to the B-movie. There you go. And drinking a gallon desk. of water. There you go. <laughs> Habit cereal. a full gallon of water. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's good. If you're new to this podcast, this is a competitive teaching podcast where we each bring yep. a new topic each week and teach each other about something. And then we have you as the listeners decide who wins and who loses. Uh, like I mentioned before, I lost last episode, which means Caleb gets to choose who goes first, or he gets to go first, really, is the That's, rule we've decided. Well, what if we spice it up? Uh, oh. we t how about... Well, actually, no, because it's still fun. It's I still like going first. Yeah. Um, it's a nice reward. Hmm... You go first. Well, okay. I'll I'll ignore my intuitions. That's probably not the right word for that, but I'll ignore them, and okay. we'll go with something a little fresher. Yeah, don't look at them. We'll yeah. just forget they exist. <laughs> They're not around. That's called habit dumping when you just there throw you them away. You stop doing habits. Yes. <laughs> are your intuitions habits? Having an intuition. <laughs> yes. Yep, my okay. habits are intuitively saying, let's do it the other way this time. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm just going to jump right in then. Please, uh, I Because I'm insist. so excited. I'm so excited about this topic. Um, since doing this research, it's become very near and dear to my heart, and I think it will do the same to you as well. I can't wait. So I'm going to be talking today about your favorite Polish war hero. <laughs> you don't know who he is yet, but I'm going to tell you about him and you're going to fall in love. Well, I've got a decent sized list of favorite Polish war heroes, so it'll be interesting okay. to see which one Dump you pick. Dump it. Dump it. Dump the list of Start Polish Start from scratch. You only, you're only going to have one after this. <laughs> okay. I'm tearing up the list as we speak. I had it written up okay. on the, on the uh, coffee table. Tearing it up. No. Burn it. Bury Hit it. Hit me with my new favorite. I'm ready. Um, okay. His name is Wojtek. Oh, <laughs> it's actually not Wojtek. That's how you spell it, though. Can you? His spell name it? is uh, W O J T E K. Don't don't look it up. Don't look okay. him up. It's okay. spelled Voit or it's pronounced Voitek, though. Oh, which sounds like a sci-fi thriller. Yeah, it does. Voitek, like um, or like a, a 
evil big brother type of company <laughs> Void that takes bank. over like a with the a wally chips. situation yeah elon musk yeah. is directly involved yeah guaranteed <laughs> um so anyway at the time he joined the army he was just a kid um but he grew to be almost six feet tall he could beat anyone in wrestling and was nice. undefeated his entire life nice wait his entire time in the army before you continue is that do yeah. we have a time frame for this Oh, I'll get in. Oh, yeah. Time frame. World War II. Oh, okay. Great. I, I yeah, might have we'll missed, more into it. I might have missed that. I just needed to picture the uh, the attire. Sure, sure, sure. And I needed to know if it should be black and white in my head or in full color. Uh, yeah, mostly mostly black and white. Okay. <laughs> Maybe a little color here and there. Got it. So six foot could beat anybody. Yeah. Um, kicker, he was nearly 400 pounds. He oh, ate so much boy. that they gave him... Twice the daily ration of food. Holy cow. Hungry fella. All his comrades loved him. Um, but we're going to learn what makes him so special and why he came to serve in the Polish army in the first place. Great. So the scene, like I said, World War II. Um, Germany invades Poland from the west. Yep. The Soviets invade Poland from the east. Poland's in a take, world of hurt. Yeah, take all uh, 400,000, I think. Polish citizens, and they're moved to a concentration camp in Siberia. Okay. Which is Soviet territory. Later, Hitler double-crosses the Soviets and invades the Soviet uh, Union. Then Stalin's like, hey, we need to go attack Germany. I don't like being double-crossed here. Yep. And so they take all the Polish prisoners and enlist them to in the fight against Germany. What a twist. As far as I know. So that's the background. Yeah. Great so little these people, World War II lesson for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little refresher. It's it, Man, World War II is crazy. There's so much to it. Agreed. Um, anyway, so they're on their way to the their new station where they were going to go fight. Um, and uh, they're going to go to Iran. And they met this shepherd boy. And he was carrying a bag with him with like something wriggling in it. <laughs> okay. And inside, out pops this little, adorable Syrian brown bear cub. Ugh. Syrian brown bear is just like a, a type of bear. And uh, the shepherd boy had found this bear, and its mother had been shot by hunters, so it was a little orphaned bear, and he'd just been carrying it with him. <laughs> and the soldiers loved it so much, they they uh, traded for him, and they brought, brought the bear with him, with them what? to Iran. And so they they made him their little mascot and little pal, and they sure named him. A... Oh, sorry, Voitech. Voitech, which Wait. is your favorite Polish war hero. <gasps> Let me tell you about another animal He's with a job. Not even a human. He's a bear. Okay, that was a a a plus setup. You got me. Thank you. You got me with the Thank twist. Thank you. Um, his name's Voitech, which means joyful soldier. Wow. They love this little guy. I'm very so I'm very happy about this. <laughs> this little bait and switch he did. It oh it made me so happy. Just learning. Okay, I'll I'll get into it. So <laughs> Syrian brown bears can get up to uh thousand plus pounds and like four and a half feet from nose to tail. So they're not like crazy huge bears like those Kodiak bears. Sure. But they're big. big it's still boys. a bear. Now that yeah. I'm thinking about it, when you set it up and said he was six foot tall, 
that's not <laughs> that's an interesting thing for you to have pointed out when I still thought he was a human because that's not like an <laughs> abnormal <laughs> height. Uh, I'm trying to think of things that wouldn't be super weird. Like, oh yeah, yeah, six feet tall. Twice um, the daily rations. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Um, I'm just... He grew. He grew up to be about six feet tall at the end. Yeah. Anyway, so so he joins the military. <laughs> he becomes friends <laughs> with all these guys. The two guys specifically kind of are his adopted parents and yep. kind of take care of him and spend a lot of time with him. And so it's a lot different in the military than the wild where he grew up a little bit. Yeah, there's so, a lot more structure to it, a lot more mm-hmm. uh a lot more schedule and discipline. Yeah. More people? Yeah. More guns, yeah. more tents. He can't just stroll around doing whatever he wants to all day looking for berries. He's got to do his part. No. Fewer berries, but mm, probably more food. Yeah. More more easily accessible food anyway. So initially yeah, he was fed so. condensed milk from an empty vodka bottle. <laughs> but Sounds Which very stereotypical, I mean. but I love it. <laughs> um, and then they began feeding him fruit, marmalade, honey, syrup, and just anything that they could find, really. So like this they little dude to is keep living him alive. the dream. He's loving, yeah, yeah, yeah. Life having a great good. time. And he also, they also gave him beer, which was his favorite beverage. Oh, good. Wow. All right. And <laughs> he had his own mug that he drank beer and wine in, and when it was empty, he like would look at it longingly <laughs> until they filled it back up. He's like the, the uh, he's like the um, the Iranian version of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, but completely naked, no pants, no, no shirt, shirt, nothing. Well, Winnie didn't have pants, not even either, a shirt. Just to yeah, clarify, but at least he had a shirt. Yeah, true. Yeah, this is very guy, interesting. Uh, Voitech experiences a little more freedom in that area, um, <laughs> which I'm sure he appreciated. So yeah. he also he also was a big smoker. He okay. Uh, apparently, he wouldn't like they would give him cigarettes, and he wouldn't take it unless somebody lit it first. <laughs> and then he would take they he'd like take it, take a big puff, <laughs> and then swallow the whole thing. <laughs> So you had the smoking, drinking bear in the military, <laughs> drinking from, yeah, his own custom personal mug. And uh, surprise, surprise, he loved to wrestle as well. Oh. So, so you kind of, yeah. you're kind of starting to understand who this bear is, his personality. Yeah, getting a feel for what he's about, what he loves, his yeah, interests. Yeah, he, he just, he would just walk around. Um, get up in the morning, wander <laughs> around, go check the food pantry if they let him. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he was feeling a little feisty, he'd get to wrestling. And most men didn't want to wrestle him, but mostly because he's a bear. Yeah, he I get that. Knives on his hands. And especially <laughs> as he got bigger and bigger, just stronger and stronger. It's the nature of how bears are. And some of the braver, braver soldiers would have some time in the octagon with him, but he. Like I said at the very beginning, he never he never lost because he's a bear. Because he's a bear. Um, you can't yeah, beat the bear. No. Nobody ever got injured either, so there's just like some scrapes and bruises and sure. shredded clothing. But, you know, that's to be expected. Yeah, and a whole lot of camaraderie. Yeah, because like he, he would hold back. Like he's not trying to kill these guys. He's just he's wrestling. Sh- he's just playing. Wrestling for sport. Yeah, having yeah. a good time. Working out the old yeah. legs and arms. Yeah, 
Yeah, you got to work off all that marmalade and syrup. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, he would copy it just because he spent so much time with these men. Mm-hmm. He'd copy a lot of things that they would do. So sometimes he'd stand up and walk on his hind legs. <laughs> this is crazy. Just like one of the boys. I'm not and, conv- uh, completely convinced the story is real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you can You can Google him now. Uh, there's many pictures. He's so <laughs> cute. All in black and white, I Fun imagine. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yep. course. Um, and we'll we'll link some of those in the show notes. But he also, they taught him to salute when he was greeted. <laughs> That's amazing. The saluting, drinking, smoking, wrestling bear. Yeah. I guess he didn't really smoke. He just ate cigarettes, which is, I don't know. That's probably as close as you can get to a smoking bear. Just yeah. What more could you ask for? <laughs> what more is there? Yeah. He also enjoyed taking road trips in whatever vehicle could fit him in shotgun. So like as he grew, he had to go into the bigger and bigger vehicles and sure. Eventually there's only one that he could ride on and he just kind of ride on on it, not in it. Yeah. Um, loved doing that when he got the chance. I would. Yeah. It adds up. Yeah. And uh he also, funny little guy, he enjoyed sneaking into the food pantry to look for little snackies, and he learned how to <laughs> break into the showers, and he even turned on the shower once. Oh. And when you're, wherever they were in Iran, water was a little more scarce, so he wasted a yeah. ton of water, so he was not allowed to go in there anymore. Boy, tech. And so they, they locked locked the door, but once he was walking by, the door was open. Mm. and he walked in and he found this persian spy in there <laughs> by himself the spy screamed obviously alerting everybody and they captured him <laughs> yeah because if you were not accustomed to this specific military no, camp, no, no no that bear would be quite scary right especially if it like corners you in a bathroom in the showers <laughs> ready to and, wrestle uh, so for for an award he was given a bottle of beer and some meat <laughs> good job which is the same award that everyone else in the military got probably. yeah 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 or i guess reward yeah um yeah another night a thief a thief snuck into the camp and <laughs> Voitek woke up and went to go investigate and he found the thief kind of same thing happens the thief's like yeah it's not worth it i'm getting out of here runs away <laughs> makes a little noise the guys wake up and they go capture him and again rewarded some beer <laughs> just for being a bear yeah he's 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 really a part of the group he's he's doing he's keeping them safe providing <laughs> entertainment and wasting food and water but can you imagine he's a bear. can you imagine the rumors and urban legends going around like the opposing military camps like yeah I heard they've got a bear and i heard it's trained and knows how to attack for their side yeah i don't believe it it. there's no way arms. they have a trained bear as a part nah. of their yeah That's i wouldn't think fun. so i didn't i didn't think that bears could be trained i guess i've never been to a circus though yeah or they, they at, le- at least used to have bears i've circuses never and stuff? seen one yeah. And when I say never, I'm referring to The Greatest Showman, which is the one circus-related piece of content I can think of right now. And there was no bears. And there was no bears. Yeah. 
Okay. Yep. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> he kind of a last little anecdote uh, before moving to some of his accomplishments and feats. Yeah. He uh, during his time in the military, he never suffered any major injuries other than a scorpion stung his nose once. Oh, looked that's bad for about a day. The two, his two kind of adopted parents were pretty worried about him, but after yeah. a couple days, he was totally fine. That can Made put full you recovery. Down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got stung in the nose by a scorpion once. Not fun. <laughs> Barely survived it myself with my mm-hmm. big scorpion nose yeah. stinging experience. Yeah. So <laughs> can't imagine Lord what the bear would be help. going through. <laughs> no. Yeah, it must have been rough. I know what it's like. Anyway, <laughs> um, he wasn't the only bear involved in the war. Of course. There's there's another infantry battalion who was given a bear as a gift from the Shah of Iran. Okay. This, this bear's name was Mikhail. Mikhail. Interesting. So Mikhail was very mean, kind of opposite of Wojtek. Yeah. Did they have a showdown? They did. He was known for his angry temperament. And the bears met in September of 1942. (laughs) And Wojtek went to go say hello, but Michael just absolutely... Mikhail, uh, goofball me. You got the goofball there? I do. We have not done a goofball once this season. I think so. Let's go. I think it's it's time. All right. It's Michael. It's Mikhail. It's a little... This bowl's a little dusty, a little rusty... But we've still got some good goofs in there. And yours is... <laughs> uh, get your socks wet. Okay, I have some water right here. Both of them? <laughs> it says oh. socks, plural. Okay, I dumped some water on the ground and I'm mopping them up with my socks. <laughs> yeah, if you a get... little unpleasant. <laughs> if you get uh, double pneumonia, I'm really sorry. <laughs> okay. One pneumonia for each foot. <laughs> okay, I'm throwing this one away. I, well, I feel like we've done this one before, but it's still yeah, very it's okay. funny. It's a classic. Okay, back to it. Yep. I've been properly goofballed. Goofed. Uh, so, Wojtek went to go say hello to Mikhail. Uh-huh. Mikhail flipped. Bruh. Was not happy. Not happy. No, maybe territorial or something. Did they enter the ring, or was this like a back alley type fight? I think it was just somewhere in the camp. I don't know who was in whose home, but they just started swinging, punching, probably kicking, definitely biting. Definitely. And eventually, like, you can't stop it. If two bears are fighting, these guys are are just like, well, I guess we'll see what happens. And (laughs) Nothing we can do here. (laughs) Yeah. And... In the end, Wojtek won the fight, Let's and go. he nearly snapped Mikhail's neck. <laughs> and so after the, the dust settled, giant. yeah, after the dust settled, Mikhail was given to a zoo in Iran in exchange for a monkey. <laughs> so he kind of had a short-lived career. Yeah, no, well, that's what not happens. So easy to cheer for. That's what happens yeah. when you take on Wojtek, right? You don't. You don't. They, really is the, the moral of the story. The dude awakened a sleeping giant, gave him a terrible resolve. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 
the uh, 22nd Company, which is the group that Voitech was a part of. Group. Sure. Um, I don't know. Sure, it's a group. I don't know the technical military term. So military people like are probably... I feel like squadron sounds annoyed. good. <laughs> the 22nd Squadron. That sounds good to me. Well, it's called the 22nd Company. Oh. I don't know what else to call it without sounding like an idiot besides a company. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't... Maybe a brand? <laughs> The brand? Yeah, or a... Uh, no, no, no. Affiliation? No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. no gr- a company like... They're the company, like a group, like a... Yeah. That's like a group in the military, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know I know that you're not talking about like a business. I was just making a business-related joke, if you will. Organization. If gotcha. you'll allow me. A non-profit, <laughs> <ones>. perhaps? <laughs> okay, so the 22nd non-profit... Um, they received orders to go fight in Italy in 1943. So they'd been in Iran for a couple years now. And the British ship that was going to transport them there said no pets, no mascot animals. Cause that, that wasn't super uncommon during the yeah. war. People would have animals and dogs, but birds, they said probably not little. They said, Nope, we're, we're not going to do it. Get them out of here. They're sick of it. Get him out of here. I just picture picture him as like a old crotchety <laughs> secretary who just is about <laughs> to retire and is over it. Nothing left. And has to seen lose. some stuff in her career. Yeah. Just, I don't want to see another bear no, come through here. No Sorry. bears next. And uh, <laughs> so that it got they got to thinking the twenty second organization. Sure. Like brainstorming. Like how can we get. Voitech to go with us. Like maybe we could just get our own little boat. No, it's too far. We could <laughs> ship him on a train, put him in a little box, ship him maybe. Um, but eventually, <laughs> they decided to enlist him in the army. Oh, love it! And so he was given the rank of private, and he was even given <laughs> a paycheck and a serial number to make it official. <laughs> And they let him. They let him on. This is absurd. The ship. This whole story is absurd. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they did it once in Italy. <laughs> Voitech, who's now an official enlisted member, good for him. He gets to work. So there's like actual <laughs> war happening. Yeah, and shooting back and forth, and so. Voitech, he's he doesn't have pals to play with anymore. Yep. So he looks around, does what he's good at, mimicking the men, and uh-huh. tries to get involved in the action. So he sees they're they're moving these ammunition containers and moving them towards the cannons. So he, he does the same. He grabs one, moves it over, sets it down, <laughs> grabs another one, brings it over, sets it on top of the other one. This is insane. Just like making himself useful, trying to intuit what's the best way that he can help. Yep. His team and this serve his country. Real and, fast. Uh, yeah. Um did they did he have any sort of like armor or uniform? Because in my head, he's got like big metal shoulder plates with like huge spikes, you know? And like no, a he cool don't need helmet. No, nothing. Nothing. Okay. He I is his stop, own armor. I should stop uh Marvel Cinematic Universing this story. But it yeah. kind of well, gives off that vibe. Not, yeah, they're not like war elephants. 
Yeah. But he wasn't like a war elephant. Not quite that cool. Nah. A little throwback so, to season one, episode 14. I have no idea what episode it is. So There's a war eight. elephant episode if you're interested. Yeah. Way back towards the beginning. Yep. Um, so normally it would take four men to do what he did, moving all these containers and, <laughs> and artillery shells over. Um, and according to the stories, he never dropped any of them. Like he was very good, efficient at it and did it well. Can you imagine being one of the other soldiers and just watching this happen? Yeah, I, like from, from across the battlefield. Like I'm yeah. pretty sure that bear is helping them shoot us. <laughs> Yeah, that bear is reloading these cannons right now. Yeah. I think he might... Maybe that's why they were successful in that in that battle. Wherever they were maybe. fighting, it was somewhere in Italy. Uh-huh. I think they were trying to defend some fort, and they it worked out, I think, because of Wojtek, but yeah. <laughs> I'm no historian. I'd say, I would say he single-handedly won that. I would not disagree. <laughs> um, so... After the fighting settled down a bit, the 22nd business changed their insignia to be just a little logo of Wojtek marching with a large artillery shell. I mean, that kind of really, just makes sense. I really want to make a shirt out of this. It's really oh. cool. Oh, we should. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I would wear it every single day. Okay. If you, if you design it and throw it up on our merch site, I, I would buy one. Okay. <laughs> I'll buy a couple. Okay. We don't even need to release it. We'll just make them and wear them on our own. Yeah. <laughs> nah, every, we got we to gotta show the world. These listeners need this shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's really important, actually. So, boy, tech awareness. Yep, exactly. Um, and that's, that's kind of his, his war feats. Um, after the war, the, the 22nd corporation moved to an airfield in scotland and some soldiers were stationed somewhere else and some were sent home voitech stayed in scotland fly yes he became a pilot (laughs) (laughs) no yeah he flew both planes and helicopters (laughs) yep he did not actually i wish okay Um, but he kind of came became somewhat of a local celebrity in scotland he was as he uh, should. Inducted into the Polish Scottish Association. Nice. Kind of earned some notoriety around there. An association and I've been trying to get into for years I now. Know. It's really hard if you're not <laughs> Polish or Scottish, but I've been trying. <laughs> and in 1947, he was honorably discharged as a corporal. So wow. his from from the stuff that he did in war, like helping helping uh fight. <laughs> They, yeah. they they upped him to corporal, and uh, <laughs> he spent amazing. the rest of his life at the Edinburgh Zoo in Scotland. Wow! And he he did a few interviews here and there, and <laughs> yeah, appeared you know. on this children's show called Blue Peter as a frequent guest. Oh, fun! And uh, sometimes his old soldier friends would come to visit, of course, and they just throw cigarettes to him. <laughs> Pre lit, of course. No, I think post-lit. That's oh. how he liked them, according to lo- the legend. Acor- like, oh, according to Urban he, According legend. to the stories, he would, if it wasn't lit, he would just spit it out. Oh, I thought they would give it to him. He would take it, and then they would like light it in his mouth. No, they would light it themselves and then give it to him, 
And then he's like, yeah, this is good. This is what I, I like want. this. Okay. This that is make- what I want. You guys get me. That makes a lot more sense than teaching a bear how to like hold a cigarette perfectly in his mouth. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if he could Yeah, I don't know if he could like hold it in his lips and just like let it sit there. I bet he just gobbled it right down. I bet. I'd imagine. Except, anyway, I don't know. It seems like he's pretty efficient. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. It's kind of it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the bear anatomy very well. They, I know they have lips. Yeah. Uh, we'll are there are I their face muscle muscles strong enough? Yeah, we'll, we'll never know. I mean, I have, that's actually I imagine, but that's actually my topic. Um, for after this is the anatomy of bear mouths. So oh, would, you, you just wait gone, a couple. Why don't you go first? <laughs> oh, okay, we'll come back to this then. Yeah. Um. One there's one soldier that went to visit him at the zoo. Uh huh. And he he said when he called the bear by name, he would sit on his hind legs and shake his head for a cigarette. <laughs> and I read that and I was like, I don't know about that, buddy. I think you're just hoping that's true. Yeah. There's no way to test and confirm that that's actually what a bear was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But they did spend a lot of time with him. Maybe like, they know. If you have pets, you can kind of learn what they're saying. Yeah. So I, maybe. Um. Yeah. So it's too, so, it's too bad that this was pre, um, that new technology. It's not high tech that dog owners are using, where they just put like a bunch of easy buttons on the floor that say different yeah. things out loud, and they can Man, press the buttons. Boy, tech and... could have thrived with that. Oh, type of tech. Yeah, if only that would be interesting. Yeah, so they they do that with dogs. I wonder if they're going to do that with different animals. Maybe. It probably depends on the intelligence. Because I feel like cats would not care enough to figure no, it no, out, no, no, even no, though they're not at all. very intelligent. So probably they it depends care. on your personality. I feel like Voitech had a button-pressing style communication yep. personality. Yep, yep, yep. I think you're right. I think you get some dolphins, put some buttons in a in the ocean. <laughs> yep. I think you get dolphins to talk. Of course. I've heard crows are pretty smart. You get some crows to talk. Parrots. I oh, know though. They don't even need the buttons, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway. We'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm eagerly awaiting the be... <laughs> animal talking industry. Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, that's actually kind of um, interesting to think about. It is, yeah. I've I've thought about talking about that as a topic. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Maybe next week or, get or t- next episode. We'll we'll get a talking dog on. <laughs> learn <laughs> me dubious. something <laughs> podcast so when did you learn to talk outside <laughs> now food now food now food <laughs> pet 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 so uh what's your name pet dog <laughs> food outside now <laughs> so uh <laughs> he also voitech would uh, when he was at the zoo, sometimes guys would jump over the fence to go play with him. Uh-huh. Like they definitely weren't allowed to, but that would happen sometimes. Yeah. And uh, that's just kind of fun to think about. Because like, this is the 1900s. Hey, buddy. And things are ridiculous. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I think the zookeepers were like, whoa, hey, whoa, get whoa. out of there. <laughs> get away from Boy <laughs> Yeah. But uh, they, they were fine. Yeah. Uh, he lived to the ripe old age of 21. 
and died in 1963. Um, and at the time of his death, he weighed weighed about a thousand pounds and was almost six feet tall. Big boy. Wow. Good for him. Yeah. And I the the average lifespan of a Siberian brown bear is like 20 to 25 or something. So he didn't. He, yeah, like a almost average uh, lifespan. If you think about it, for how much he drank and smoked. Yeah, he did really. Great. He really did great. And uh, he's still famous, especially in Poland and the UK. There's at least nine statues of him. There's Holy uh, cow, that's from awesome. From what I counted, there's like seven in Poland and two in the UK. And uh, yeah, people love him. Some of the statues, he's just standing there like holding an artillery shell. <laughs> it's very cool. I would... I would buy if I was a rich man. Instead of buying something to hang on my wall, I would buy one of those statues. A Vortex statue. Yep, I'm down. I'm very into it. Um, so let's let's take a second to reflect back on please, his impact that please. he's had. So one one quote from Tomas Trafas: the most <laughs> significant fact in the whole story of Vortex the Bear was that he was adopted by people who are also orphans in some way. Mm. They lost their families, their homes, and their country, mm-hmm. and there was no chance of returning to it. They didn't have anything or anyone to return to. The bear and the soldiers bonded because he had been abandoned. Wow. Mm. Impactful. And uh, one, one other quote that I appreciated. One of Wojtek's comrades said this. In times of great suffering, not just our terrible experiences in the USSR, mm-hmm. but also fear of the horrors of what was happening to our families back in Poland. Where do they live? Would we see them again? Wojtek the bear provided us with joy, comfort, and boosted our morale. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but he was real, and he really helped us. Wow. And if that's not special, I don't know what is. Yeah. That is uh that's very interesting. Where did you find this story? Uh this story was actually sent to us by a listener, Jesse Ballard, shout out. Thanks for the the topic. Oh people should send me stuff. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> no, that's a really good that's a great story. Um and it seemed it's interesting. It seems like the type of story I would have heard about, but I've never heard that in my right? life. Anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Voitek the bear, my new favorite creature. <laughs> new favorite creature. You are also turning into the king of animals. With jobs. Un- animals with jobs. Um, yeah. Or animals in unique situations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, I was researching this, and you know how Google says, like, people also searched for... Yeah. It popped up with uh, Cher Ami, the World War II pigeon. Yeah. Remember that, like, delivered an important oh, message? Oh, I remember. <laughs> Cher I Ami if, is a legend. <laughs> I wonder if those and two ever crossed about, paths. Maybe. I thought about Jack and Jumper, the monkey. The that monkey. Yep. Did, like, the railway switching. Oh, yeah. Track switching. Um, yeah. Lots of great animals with great jobs. <laughs> Uh, that was a good one. All um, really close to the same time period, too. Yeah. 
I am kind of disappointed in our modern day lack of um, animal use. Uh, animal use, as in esteemed animal relationships, not no it's unhealthy. Too, it's too late. Forced I'm clipping labor. that. I'm clipping that. I'm saying I'm going to make it say Caleb <laughs> thinks animals are too lazy. They need to be put to work. <laughs> You're going to use it on the next smear campaign when we run yeah. for office against each other. <laughs> no, this episode, I'm going to win. I'm winning this one. I am a huge animal fan and think that they should have the chance to experience things that humans get to experience. <laughs> How's that? But Clip not that. for the money. Clip that and put it on a t-shirt. Oh, I, I can, I'm good at editing. I can, I can make it bad. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of people animals shouldn't <laughs> get paid to work <laughs> all right i'm not going to give you a single one of those sound bites for the rest of the episode then oh, 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 oh i can find them all right um should we take a little sponsored break yeah okay uh, we still don't have any sponsorships, so the sponsor's break <laughs> is to ask you to join our patron if you like the show and feel like contributing, but you don't have to. It's always going to be free. Yep. That's all I got. Oh, uh, I will say, we do have a lot of fun content on there. Uh, our, night, our nightclub is going strong. We release a new episode of that. Every time we, just about every time we release an episode of Learn Me Something. <laughs> yeah. and Mostly consistent. Uh, they're very silly and very fun. So, yeah. if you become a patron, there's some added benefits. Yeah, join us over there. It's pretty fun. All right. Shall what I, you uh, got? Shall I get into my topic? Yeah. All right. This is a, uh, you know what? Let's, let's switch up the style because this is, this is our podcast and we can do whatever we want. Okay. Let's do a Jeopardy style topic. Oh, the topic yes. isn't Jeopardy, but I just have like a list of things to talk about and it'll be more fun to do it Jeopardy style. So, just okay. uh, here are your categories. Number 1, most iconic. Number 2, worst, and number 3, weirdest. Now, okay. to save time, I don't have an equal amount for all of these. So, Sure. Most iconic, you've got three, so you can have 100, 200, 300. Okay. Worst, there's four. And weirdest, okay. there's five. Okay, that's a nice stair step. Most iconic, worst, weirdest. Yep, 300, 400, 500. All right, I'm going to take... Wait, uh, yeah, actually, no. Take, take a number, and then I'll tell you what the topic is. <laughs> okay. Were you thinking about doing it differently? I was going to tell you the topic, but let's do it this way instead. It'll be fun. Let's go. I already forgot the first one. Most intriguing? Most iconic. iconic. Also could be intriguing or best or okay. successful. I'll take mo uh, most iconic for one, please. More si most Alex. iconic for 100? Yes, please. Alex. Alex. <laughs> oh. Oh, Alex moment of silence for for alex my topic is marketing campaigns okay there's lots oh, of for ones. everything this yeah. is like overarching 
this is the overall topic, and so the categories okay. are gonna give you subtopics. Um, okay. And I just think a lot of these are fun, so we're gonna talk about it, and I can because I feel like it, and people can vote for me if they like it. Um, so you chose most iconic for one hundred. I did. Okay. Um, then my question for you is, which massive marketing campaign began with a commercial directed by Michael Bay? Oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry, I already broke the rules of Jeopardy. I say the statement, and then you ask the question, right? Okay, so wait. Yeah, you, you say the answer, I'll ask the question. Okay. Have, this initial commercial for this massive marketing campaign was directed by Michael Bay. What is Coca-Cola, Alex? <laughs> no, honestly, that was a smart move uh, to bring up Coke. The answer is Got Milk. Ah, uh, are we going to talk about Big Brother Milk? <laughs> big Brother Milk. No, we don't have time. There's oh, too many, milk. Okay. Too many campaigns to get through. Okay. Uh, Got Milk was created in 1993 um, for the California Milk Processor Board, a.k.a. That's I, Big Milk. I guess, yeah. This is, yeah. We're talking Big Milk. And so the milk industry was struggling um, as soft drinks and Snapple, stuff like that, came started popping up. And uh, like juices, uh, picture Capri Sun probably was in there. The milk industry was crashing. So in like the 50s and 60s, milk was big because there's, you know, they had a huge thing about the health benefits and calcium, strong bones, that kind of thing. Um, people are flocking to it. As these other drinks start popping up, milk industry, it's tanking. Hmm. So this board in California is like, we got to do something. So they come up with the Got Milk campaign. And the initial, have you seen the initial commercial? Uh, I remember seeing at least posters like at school and stuff. I don't know if I saw an actual, I don't remember seeing a commercial. Yeah. So I, I too, well, because we went to the same school, <laughs> I thought that this was just like a poster ad, you know, your classic, you've got a famous person, you've got milk photoshopped onto their upper lip, and then it says got milk next to it. Um, the actual... Uh, the actual campaign started because they had been trying for a while to push how healthy milk was and people knew it and they just didn't care because there's all these other drinks and they like them more. Mm -hmm. So then they decided to do this campaign of what happens or what are the consequences of not having milk? And that's how Got oh, Milk was born. You'll die. Yeah. So the that, initial... That's such a big milk thing to do. Yeah. If you don't have milk, you're going to die. <laughs> The initial commercial was actually kind of funny. Like, I think it still would be a successful commercial today. Uh, it was created in 1993, uh, directed by Michael Bay. And it's kind of, it's super weird. So the premise is there's a guy in this museum-looking room that he owns, uh, and he's making a peanut butter sandwich, right? And then it kind of pans around, and you can see how much of a fan Alex... A, a f how much of a fan of Alexander Hamilton he was. Like, he's okay. just a huge history buff obsessed with Alexander Hamilton. And he's listening to the radio, 
and the radio says, all right, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to call one of you listeners, and for $10,000, if you can answer this one question, you'll get this $10,000. Um, so they, this guy's making his peanut butter sandwich. He takes a huge bite, then he gets a phone call. And it shows him, like, looking at the phone. He's like, <gasps> got a call from the radio place. So he answers, and they said, hello, you're the lucky... Uh, you're the lucky caller for $10,000 who or what was the name of the man who shot and killed Alexander Hamilton in a duel and he tried he knew it because he's a huge Alexander Hamilton fan and he couldn't say it he was just going and they were like I'm sorry what we can't hear you and then they said I'm sorry you're out of time and you didn't get the answer right and then he just Looks sad, and then it switches to black screen, white words, and a saying "got milk" in like a deep voice. So that, that's I think the that's birth more. Of the got milk. That sounds more like a smear campaign against peanut butter, <laughs> right? But you need milk, and you need to never eat peanut butter ever again. <laughs> that's just the anti-peanut butter. Uh, milk and peanut butter are they at war? <laughs> uh, that's never, that's my next topic. Knew. Is the Great Milk and Peanut Butter War. Michael Bay directed it. How many explosions were in it? Oh, everywhere. (laughs) It's just constant, constant explosions. And helicopters crashing. And crazy sound design. Um, That's really... (laughs) And it worked. (laughs) Yeah, right? In 1995, uh, they passed the campaign on to a milk education board. Um, so not the processor board, but like a milk <laughs> education board. I don't know why there's so many milk-related boards, but there are. And uh, milk pays. Milk pays people well. Yeah, and so in you 1995, get on a milk board. yeah, 1995, that education board just all getting paid really well. They took that campaign and they adapted it to the posters that we all know and love from elementary school of the famous okay. people. Uh, and it totally worked. Um, uh, the milk industry actually ended up going back up, uh, after a steep decline. Analysts have said that if that, they hadn't have done that, uh, the milk industry could have been costed another $255 million in California alone. So worldwide, a ton, probably in the billions for sure. Um, and this one campaign got people drinking milk again, and it kind of halted the crash of the milk industry. And thus, <laughs> Big Milk was saved. <laughs> All right. Wow. We, Inspiring. Yep. There you have it. Next, what would you like next? Most iconic, Our, worst, or weirdest? Uh, that is pretty icon- iconic. I'm going to take, I'm going to go down the line, worst for one, please. Worst for 100. Okay. Um, also, no, well, I'll preface this. I'll preface this after. Which fast food chain tweeted, women belong in the kitchen? No, that's uh, the, you have to answer oh, the question. This, yeah, this is hard. I would not be a great Jeopardy host. This fast food, this popular fast food chain tweeted that women belong in the kitchen. Uh, who is uh, yes, Josiah? Who is Burger King? 
Yes. You know about this one? I know this one, yeah. This is hilarious. I also want to preface that uh, Burger King makes its way into this topic quite a bit because they do a lot of stuff. Okay. A lot of weird stuff. Um, this one's super fast, hence why it's the 100 rated. And you got it right, so that's 100 points to you. Uh, Let's but go. you missed the last one, so I think you're break even right now. Right? Don't okay. you decrease if you get it wrong? Yeah. 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 All right. So you're at zero dollars. I'll I'll pay you later for whatever you win Sounds at the good. end of this. Yeah. Okay. So Burger King, uh, this was a couple of years ago, or it might have been last year actually. It's very recent. Um yeah. they, they tweeted. So what they did was well it they meant well, but they messed it up in the execution. So essentially they tweeted three tweets. And the tweets were, women belong in the kitchen. Next tweet, if they want to, of course, yet only 20% of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. Last tweet, we are proud to be launching a new scholarship program which will help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. So overall, their message was actually pretty positive and encouraging and uplifting to women. The problem was, and the reason I listed it because I thought it was funny, is since they decided to do it in three separate tweets instead of condensing it and figuring out how to do it in one tweet, their first tweet all that got in it was women belong in the kitchen. And even though they posted all three tweets at the same time, people only retweeted and commented on the first one. Yeah, of course. So the, <laughs> the story across the world was this one tweet from Burger King that just says women belong in the kitchen. <laughs> just no context. No context yeah, Just something I've been thinking about. I yeah. Tell and people. so, yeah, so it blew up. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was super mad at Burger King. People were boycotting him. People were calling in angry. Famous people were jumping in, talking about how horrible it was. And Burger King didn't even technically mess up because their messaging was all great. They just got the uh, the spacing of their tweets a little bit off. Uh, and thus, they got in a lot of trouble for tweeting, women belong in the kitchen. There you have it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's interesting that they they claim people they're trying to help people with their culinary fulfill their culinary dreams. Yeah, At I don't know. King, I kind of would right? say to those people, aim a little higher. <laughs> have have some better dreams. You don't have to settle <laughs> for Burger King. You can you can do better. You can, yeah, you got this. I'm not a Burger King fan. Oh, me either. Mm, the only time not, I eat it mm, is mm. after a good fishing trip with my dad. As you have to. Yeah, because we go only fly we fishing, to. and the closest best restaurant afterwards is a Burger King. And after a long there day of go. fishing, it always yeah. tastes good, even though Burger That's King's true. rough. That's true. Okay, next up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this one right this time. Okay, um, let's go iconic for two, please. Iconic for 200. All right, let me think of a fun way to uh, to uh, say this one. Oh, okay. This uh, 
commonly known uh, slogan for a large company was inspired by a notorious killer. Oh. Uh, for two hundred. Alex, what what is just do it from Correct. Nike? No way. Yep. Did you did you just guess that or did you know it? Yeah. I was I thought that would, that would be funny. I thought it was a funny guess. No, that actually you would just threw that out there? Yeah. No joke. That is actually the truth. Uh, just do it was <laughs> so Dan Whedon, the founder of the ad agency that was in charge of coming up with this campaign, um, was inspired by Gary Gilmore, who's a notorious killer in the 1970s in Ohio, I believe, or Idaho or Iowa. They're all the same. To me. <laughs> okay, all, all three of those. <laughs> um. He, Gary Gilmore had been convicted of, you know, killing a lot of people, and he was about to be executed by firing squad in the 1970s. And Really? When they they asked still did him, that? Apparently. I was surprised huh. by that, too. But when they asked him if, they, if he had any final words, all he said was, let's do it. And Dan Whedon okay. uh, admitted that that inspired him to create this ad campaign for Nike. And so they, he said, we're just going to try it out, change it to just do it, and we're going to try it in a uh, TV ad. And it turned into probably the most famous and well-known marketing slogan in existence, I would, I would argue. That is crazy. Why would, would, he, admit, why would he admit that? I know. Well, yeah, Maybe why would you not, not keep that? he's not hired by Nike anymore. Maybe he's like... Off their payroll. Yeah. <laughs> but you think as a marketing guy, you wouldn't admit that. Yeah. Well, he was with a ad agency. Um, and oh, okay. uh, they actually, they interviewed him in 2009. Um, and he was looking back and they asked him about it. And he said, a direct quote, he said, none of us really paid that much attention. We just thought, yeah, that'd work. And so okay. there you have it. Uh, so 1988, they take, right. they take this Let's Do It slogan from Gary Gilmore, adjust it to Just Do It, and launch it in a TV, and it becomes massively famous, massively successful. Um, it increased, it was one of the key players in increasing Nike's share of sport shoe business from 18% to 43%. So over the course of 10 years after launching this campaign, Nike went from 877 million in revenue to 9.2 billion from 1988 to 1998. Hmm. And, well, there's a ton about this, some good, some bad. Uh, we'll end with Shia LaBeouf <laughs> in, in 2015. That's good. That's good. Um, do you know the, what I'm talking about? The just do it yeah that's kind of what i think of now when i yeah. hear just do it just do it um so shia labeouf had this performance art group and they partnered up with uh fine art students at central saint martin's um and those students were tasked with creating scripts that were highly emotionally charged for shia labeouf 
to perform. So that was their goal, was to write scripts for him. Uh, and they didn't expect him to do any of them, but he actually ended up filming about 30 of them for them. And okay. this Just Do It was one of them. And uh, it was released under, oh, I forget the name of the license. It's like Common Creative License or something, yeah, which means yeah. anyone, People anywhere. Can use it. Can, yeah, take it, chop it up, do whatever you want with it. And the other perk was Shia LaBeouf recorded all of those things in front of a green screen uh, because it was like a film project. And so yeah. people just took it and ran with it. And there's so many funny places that they've put like Shia LaBeouf. And it just makes me very happy. Like they've I, put him in Lord of the Rings when they're talking about like destroying the ring. And they've put him in Star Wars trying to get Luke Skywalker to use the force and stuff. And it's all because he's green screened using this slogan. I heard in an interview with him once that he said it was made to be memed. Yeah, the... I read when I was researching for this that the fine art student who wrote it did it as like a joke to kind of poke fun of the athletic health industry yeah. a bit. Yeah. And so he did it just totally as a joke and it completely worked as a joke. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf actually ended up filming it and the world ran with it to the point where in 2015 when it came out, Google... Uh, at the end of the year, announced it as the most searched GIF in the world. Wow. Yeah. Iconic. Yep. Most iconic. Most iconic. All right, what's three. next? All right, I'm going to go... Let's finish it off, Alex. Iconic for three. Iconic for three. Okay. Which... <laughs> oh, sorry. That was going to be a question. We're... I, I can do this. Um, this worldwide phenomenon of a marketing campaign began with this uh sentence hello ladies hello ladies uh who alex is old spice nailed it you're easy uh, you're marketing genius 300 no you're f two three five hundred you're 500 up i'm gonna owe you a lot of yeah. money if you don't stop yeah missing these um 2010 actually was created by the same ad agency that created Just Do It, which I thought was a really interesting little side note. Hmm. Ad agency is Whedon and Kennedy. Apparently, it's one of the biggest. Okay. Um, the, the guys, it's not the same guy. Uh, it's a new group of like CEOs and head dudes. Um, they said they locked themselves in a room and wrote it in two days. And they said that they think they attribute the success to it being considered for such a small amount of time and with so little preparation that that's what made it successful, that they didn't okay. have time to like second guess it and make it try to change it. Um, and it was so Old Spice came to these guys because they were like, we want to make a campaign that targets the ladies. Old Spice had already always been targeted towards men. But they're like, let's target the ladies to buy it for the men. So they gotcha. locked themselves in a room, and they said that Whedon... Or no, it's not Whedon. Whatever the guys were, um, <laughs> were just brainstorming, and one of the guys just wrote, Hello, ladies. 
and they said that they laughed really, really hard, and then the whole script just came from that one line. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> originally it was going to say, I'm a horse, but they changed it to, I'm on a horse. Um, like it would have been a horse talking to the camera? Yeah. So, Good save. Yeah, so Good they save. wrote it in two days, and they thought it was ridiculous, but they thought it was really funny. Um, they pitched a bunch of ideas to Old Spice, and Old Spice was like, uh, we'll buy this one. And they were like, okay. Uh, but they didn't seem super sold on it. So these guys said, all right, uh, so we've got one more, but it's a little out there, uh, and we don't really have a visual for it, so it was going to just be a radio ad because it's so ridiculous. And so they pitched it to him, and Old Spice was like, no. I think we'll pass. We'll use this other one that you gave us, and we'll run with that one. And then they were like, great, that's fine. This one was out there. And they went back to their ad agency, and they thought, uh, actually, we have to make this one happen. So they went back to Old Spice, and they are like, listen, we really, really think you need to do this one. And they were like, okay. So that worked all their way up the corporate ladder. They finally made it happen. And they were like, but we're, we want to film it in a single take. So it opens with famous actor. Well, he's now famous. He wasn't before. Um, but it opens with him in the bathroom with a towel around his waist. And he's holding soap. And he says, hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Uh, and then the walls lift off. And it's <laughs> the towel stripped away. And then it's revealed that he's on a boat and he's wearing like boat boating pants whatever you call that style pants. of pants swimsuit yeah. yep no pants boat pants then he talks for a little bit more grabs some stuff shows some stuff off and then the camera zooms out and he's on a beach sitting on a horse and he ends it with i'm on a horse and uh so the way they did it was they filmed it in malibu on a deserted beach or they cleared out the beach for it and they built they built this huge house set and then put it on a giant crane and lowered it around him with the camera behind facing him and then he does that part and then the crane lifts the whole set up above his head to reveal that he oh. was actually standing on a boat the whole time and then the part of the boat he's standing on or he's not technically standing on a on the boat. It looks like he is, but he's standing on a platform just above the boat. That's a moving machine. Um and then that machine moves and so basically he's standing it's hard to describe this. There's like a yeah. platform for each foot and then a gap in the middle. And then that machine moves in between and it moves the horse in between his legs and then he sits down and that's how they ended up with him. So they just the lower horse. him down onto the horse. They don't even lower him down. They just have it perfectly heightened that he just, his whole body moves to where he's over the horse. And then he's just, it's just like perfectly height. So he's just already he just slides right so on it. It's very interesting. Um, they said that the wall almost killed the actor um, because of, wow. yeah, it fell. Uh, fell off the crane and they said it landed about an inch away from him and that he was so focused on getting the shot 
that he like didn't even flinch. And he said they said it was so heavy that if if it had hit him, he likely would have died. And but he didn't even budge. He just like kept the scene going. So like which, if they could have kept that take and he would have just nailed it still. Yeah. Like he was still rocking it. Uh last thing to note, the horse wouldn't stop pooping. And <laughs> so they were having a very difficult time getting the shot because the horse was pooping the entire time, the entire shoot. Yeah, you'd think that's something you could just wait out. Like it'll be done eventually. Yeah. Guys, let's just let's just come back tomorrow. We won't feed the horse. It'll be fine. <laughs> Let him get it out. Come on. Yeah. So there you go. There's uh, there's the old Spice commercial. And that uh, absolutely exploded. The, the creators, the guys who worked for the ad agency, said they didn't expect anything from it. Uh, and then they started getting calls from, like, friends. And there's a quote from one of the guys who came up with it who was like, you know when you wake up and start getting calls from people you haven't talked with in 30 years, that something cool happened <laughs> so that's oh. so they just had like huge crazy success and no one really expected it at all i love that that's <laughs> truly iconic truly truly there you go you nailed the iconic section with 500 dollars on the board you're leaving your other um, competitors the last category is best right uh, it, it's worst and weirdest. Those are weirdest your remaining two options. We're going weirdest for a hundred. Weirdest for a hundred. Then let's talk about. Oh, we'll just do this one because it's really fast. I put some with more details and then some that are just fun that I wanted to mention. Okay. So we'll do. What uh, this company used drones. Uh, during rush hour to promote their brand? Um, I'm going to say, who is Intel? Incorrect. You now have $400 on the board. The correct answer is Uber Pool. In Mexico oh. in 2018, they took a ton of drones and they hung signs on them, basically saying, hey, uh, Let's save some of this or get rid of some of this traffic and everyone just Uber group up and Uber. Um, and they used drones with pieces of paper attached and they just flew them right in front of cars and dropped them down. So they were right in front of windshields when it was when traffic was gridlocked and everything was stopped. OK, so you, you don't need to see out the windshield. Read my ad. Yeah, exactly. You're just sitting in your car, just hanging. And then all of a sudden you see a drone slowly drop into view just holding a piece of paper and i think wow. that that can never happen in the u.s but that it's very clever it is very clever and a fun idea i'm a big fan even if you just use it as like a billboard like it's above the road or next to the road probably not above the road oh, next to the road or something yeah kind of cool not might cool cause some accidents yeah and you're not yeah nobody's gonna be no one's wowed by the billboards right but they're no, wowed when it comes boring. right in front of your car yeah uh last i heard meaning when i was researching that sure they're trying to make this happen in the u.s but it probably won't because there's so many faa regulations and rules specifically regarding like traffic and uh 
cars and flying over people. Yeah. That yeah. they would have to, it would be very difficult for it to be approved. Not worth it. Okay. You've got $400 on the board and a couple All options right. left. What are we going with? I'm going to go worst for 200, Alex. Worst for 200. Uh, let's do. Hmm. Uh, this company tried to change what it made uh, in 1985. Too much uproar. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, what is Pepsi? Close. The correct answer, uh, you're now down to $200 on the board. Um, uh, and my, my wife will be very happy to know that I won't have to pay you $500 if you keep going down. Um, correct answer is, is new it Coke? Coke. Yeah. Coke. Have you, okay. Have you heard of I'd new heard Coke? i heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. This one's interesting because Coke did so much research and it all ended massively in their favor. And then when they actually launched it, they missed out on this one little thing. And that, like, almost ruined them completely. Uh, so the story is, 1985, Coke is losing market share like crazy to Pepsi. So originally they had a massive market share. Uh, and then Pepsi starts sneaking in, and Coke is just not doing great. Uh, and there's actually a ton of, like, uh, I learned about this in my advertising class in college. The general, like, Coke and Pepsi war is, like, very intense. Uh, one person referred to it as a like an eye staring contest between two companies, and this was the moment when Coke blinked. I don't know why they oh. thought of that analogy, but it's a good setup. So essentially, Coke is like, why are we losing so much share to Pepsi? Let's figure it out. So they do a ton of blind taste tests, a ton of focus groups, a ton of surveys, and they find out that people like the sweeter flavor that Pepsi offers more. At the time, that's what the results were saying. Uh, and it was pretty conclusive. It wasn't close. Like, they, it was a very conclusive test saying, hey, people have tested to like this more. So they decide to uh, make a new type of Coke. So they kind of redo the recipe, remake the ingredients, and they make a sweeter Coke. Um, and they call it New Coke. Or they're going to call it New Coke, I should say. So after they make it, they test it, uh, they do more blind taste tests, they do more surveys, and they do more focus groups. Uh, one, one article I read said that they did 190,000 taste tests. Um, and the results of this were overwhelmingly in favor of new Coke over both Pepsi and old Coke. So massive win for them, their new recipe... Uh, 190,000 people or groups essentially say this is way better than either other option. So they're like, sweet, we're going to announce it. We're going to make it happen. Coca-Cola president Donald Q, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, he was quoted just talking about how certain they were after having done so much research that this was going to go well. Uh, he says, I've never been as confident about a decision as I am about the one we're announcing today. 
Wow. Which is famous last words for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They announce it and people blow up. They absolutely hate it. People are furious. Coke immediately gets 5,000 complaints a day um, to their headquarters to the point where they had to hire on a whole new staff just to deal with the complaint calls. Uh, About a month later, that was up to 8,000 calls every single day complaining about this new recipe. Um, it, It was so intense and the complaints were so aggressive that they hired psychologists to listen to the calls with the call uh, with the call center. And uh, the psychologist said that the emotion displayed on the complaint calls sounded similar to the emotion of someone who had just lost a loved one. It was okay. just like horribly, stupidly intense. And one person, <laughs> they have this direct quote, one one angry customer said, I don't think I'd be more upset if you were to burn the flag in my front yard. Okay. <laughs> and so Coke shares plummet, like just totally tank. Pepsi gave its entire headquarters a day off to celebrate as they watched Coke shares plummet. Wow. So it's just like this huge, like to Pepsi, they had just like won the war, right? And Coke just lost. 79 days later, they brought old Coke back and rebrand new Coke as Coke 2, uh, which totally bombed, and they discontinued it in 2002. So they actually kept it around for like a good 15 or 17 years, Uh, but huge bomb. Can I guess why? Yep. The reason was in all of the, in all of the testing... And the uh, taste tests and the surveys, focus groups that Coke did that gave them such confidence that this was going to be a hit, they failed to ask about the emotional sentiment people had with old Coke. Yeah, because they're like, that's comfortable. That's what they're used to. Yeah, and it's nostalgic. Like, they shared Cokes with their grandparents because it's been around for so long that even though everyone massively agreed that it tastes way better than old Coke and it tastes way better than Pepsi, the pure sentiment, the pure emotional attachment people had with the classic original Coke caused a huge uproar because the mistake, the huge mistake they made other than asking that question was they discontinued old Coke and replaced it with new Coke. If they had, they would have, added it yep as a secondary thing that may have done a lot better it probably would have if they would have launched it immediately with like coke sweet or coke plus or coke pro coke ultra perhaps coke platinum (laughs) coke Coke gold coke Coke max plus i like coke sweet because like yeah there's coke which is not very sweet (laughs) coke sweet so sweet yeah uh coke tea Coke, uh, Coke Blast to go all like Mountain Coke Dew on tea? it. Oh, do do something more holistic. Yeah, something more earthy. Coke tea, they could do that. What's funny is, despite a huge uproar, Coke stocks plummeting. Everyone's boycotting them. Everyone's horribly mad. Uh, once they brought the OG Coke back, within a couple months, they were right back in 
competition with Pepsi. Like they were right back at the same level they were sure when they switched it. So just a little hiccup there. Yeah. So for 79 days, it was an explosion of rebellion against Coke. And then they were like, okay, okay, sorry, here's Coke back. And within like a month or two, people are like, okay, sweet. I feel, I feel better. <sighs> Please don't burn okay. my flag. So there you have it. We actually, we talked a lot about this in my market research class of the importance of uh, getting all of the information before you decide to make a decision. Yeah. Because they didn't, another thing they didn't ask the people in the focus groups and surveys were, would you be satisfied or happy if we replaced the old recipe with this one? Sure. They just had it as like, what do you think about the flavors? Are they better? So they should have said, if we replaced it, do you think that would go well? Okay. There That's you have very it. interesting. Um, I'm going to go worst for 300. Worst for 300. Uh, this, <laughs> this popular fast food chain let a, a uh, piece, a, a meal that they create go rotten in order to prove a point. Okay, I don't... Hmm, this is going to have to be a guess for me. Okay. Hopefully listeners are playing along too. This is kind of fun. Yeah. I love the Jeopardy idea. If you... Uh, oh, sorry. Gonna, I should have I should have thought about this. If you are a listener, keep track of your points and we'll have you post in the comments if you've... Of our... of Like on Instagram. Yeah, let us know how you're doing. We'll see if you can beat Josiah. Um, I'm going to go, okay, they let their, can you read it one more time, Alex? Uh, yes, this popular fast food chain let their meal go rotten in order to prove a point. Oh, you know what? I think I know who this is. So they they did it to like say, yeah, it's not preserved, like it, it's real food, it goes rotten. I'm going to say who is McDonald's? The correct answer is Burger King. <laughs> oh. uh, this one's another really fast one because also we've got a lot to get through. Um, or a lot of different options in it, so I want to keep this short. They, this is so dumb to me. But I can, I can see what they were trying to do, but it just is gross. They took a burger... Uh, so they were big on, hey, we're not using any artificial preservatives. All of our ingredients are actually real. They're not, you know, it's all organic stuff. Um, not, yeah. <laughs> definitely not organic, but it's real. And uh, so they let a burger, uh, their Whopper, they let it rot for 34 days. And then they took, <laughs> they took a picture at the end. And it just is like moldy and absolute it's all the whole thing's like green and blue and it's yeah. absolutely disgusting and what they did with that it would have been an interesting thing to post on their like as a social media post maybe or like yeah. hey yeah. check this out or if like a story if you want to see proof that our stuff is real and no artificial preservatives go to the next story instead they decide to post it everywhere so they took professional pictures they put it on billboards they put it on all their social media they put it in like huge on bus stops and stuff 
I think I read 400 places around the U.S. They wow. put just giant photos of like an old disgusting <laughs> burger. And it is so gross. And uh, that's kind of all I have to say about this one. There's actually some debate over whether or not it was successful. Because some marketing experts are like, actually, it kind of works in the sense that people are educated about it. And it's like proof to them. But then other people are like, yeah, but that's very disgusting. And I would be turned away from eating one of yeah. these. Maybe that's like a more long-term one. Like it grosses you out for now, but eventually you'll kind of forget about the ad. But you maybe always... the whole idea will stay with you. Of yeah. like, oh, I'm pretty sure that food's not as horrible as I think. Or it's probably actually more unhealthy than I think. Yeah. But it could be worse. That's probably <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> was that was that for three hundred? I think, or that was three hundred. All right, so you're yeah. at negative one hundred. Mm-hmm. What's next? I'm gonna go. Uh, let's finish it out, Alex. Four hundred. Worst for four hundred, please. Okay. Which uh, which airline made this mistake of offering free first class travel for life? Ooh. Let's go. Hmm. I don't. I was gonna go with like a cheap airline. Does Frontier or like Spirit ha- even have first class? That's a good question, actually. I guess I kind of gave I you away know. the answer that it's gonna, not those. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I didn't think it was. I'm gonna go. Who is Delta? The correct answer is who is American Airlines? Yikes! Nineteen eighty one. They're going bankrupt. They're completely out of cash. CEO decides we need to do something to make immediate fast cash. Like we just need a large amount of money coming in quickly. Um, So they decided to offer something called AirPass, which is spelled A-A-I-R-P-A-S-S. A-Air. A-Airpass. So American Airlines acronym. Gotcha. Yep. Um, So they... They sent this out everywhere. They said, hey, for $250,000, you can have unlimited first-class tickets for life. And that was their way of like, we can bring in large sums of money really quickly to hopefully dig ourselves out of this hole. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And they sold about 66 of them. Um, That's an that's an estimate. I read a couple different places that said a couple different numbers, but roughly 66. Um, so 66 times 250,000. That's how much they were able to bring in. Uh, actually, it's a little yeah. bit more because they end up raising the price a couple years later and then raising it again a couple years later. So I think it went from 250,000 to 400,000 to like 1.2 million. Okay. So maybe they made like 20, 25 mil. Yeah, yeah, let's say somewhere around there. Uh, of immediate cash. So good for them. That's what they were hoping for. The problem was they made the assumption that people wouldn't overuse it. Uh, similar to, I read a comparison that they thought it would be similar to having like unlimited refills at a restaurant. Yeah. Just because you have it doesn't mean you're going to do it 12 times while you're at dinner. But they learned very quickly that air travel is one of the things, in fact, that people will abuse 
and use aggressively if given the opportunity. So they ended up, uh, and they're still losing money from it because they said for life. No way. So all these people, they've revoked three for fraudulent activity because people would um, rack up sky miles from using these free flights and then give them to other people. <laughs> so okay. three, three of the 66 got revoked because um, of fraudulent activity which is totally fair, but that leaves like 63 that are still active and will be for the rest of these people's lives. And uh, they stopped offering this in 1994 because they were losing so much money from it. A uh, couple, couple stats, a lot of the travelers um, on average have flown 10,000 times. Uh, many people would fly four times a week um, yeah, because why not? One guy, <laughs> yeah, the the most intense guy said that he flew two mil. He was one of the guys who got his uh his pass revoked for giving miles away. Um, but in his time with it, which was like twenty twenty five years, he flew two million miles a year in first class. He said That's he would wild. He would never miss. Like, if his son had a game anywhere, he would go to it every single time. He lived in the U.S., and he said he would fly to London or, parent, or Paris just to grab lunch with a friend just for fun yeah. because he could. I, why wouldn't you? I totally would. Yeah, right? And so they've since – they actually – I looked it up on American Airlines. Which it's interesting. They still have AA Air Pass, um, but it's now – it's the similar thing you buy a one-time thing, but now you get like VIP stuff and uh, like their lounge, that type of thing. Okay. Uh, but they lost significant amounts of money and from this and will continue to do so for, my guess, another 40 years. 30 so, or 40 yeah, until all these people are dead. Yep. <laughs> I love this. That's, I love that. And that makes me happy for those 63 people. Yeah. I read an article that was like, my dad, or how my dad got to fly first class for free for his entire life or something. And it's just like super wholesome of like this guy just like being able to live the life he always wanted to live because he had this pass, even though it was costing American Airlines millions of dollars just from him alone. That's wild. <laughs> There you have it. That okay. is all of the worst category, which leaves you just right. weirdest. Yeah, let's go uh, 200 right down the line. 200 weird, Alex, please, and thank you. 200. Which, uh, I was going to ask a certain question, but that would, uh, that we'll would not help. That would help you get the answer right, but it would not help our listeners get the answer right. And also it would not be how Jeopardy works answer yeah you're correct which is why i wasn't going to do it for sure and that's why you give me an extra 200 points thank you <laughs> which puts you to negative 300 uh which no this whoo i'm bad at this this fast food chain uh allowed people to unfriend 10 people on facebook to get a coupon for a free meal yes we talked about this if so, the reason I bring this one up is because I talked about this whole thing on one of our nightclub episodes. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, okay, I do want to say it's Burger King. Hold on. Hold on. Think it through. I won't be offended if you don't get it. Okay, so they said... <laughs> you said wait, who, you, you said fast food chain? This fast food chain, yep. That's right. Okay, I'm going to go with Burger King again. Who's that Burger is King? correct. Okay. Whew. Was this for 200 or 300? 200. Okay, so you're to you have negative $100. January 2009 Burger King. <laughs> this one's just funny. I'm a big fan of this one. Uh they I'll I'll be fast. They released a promotion called the Whopper Sacrifice on Facebook. This was That's back right. when Facebook was blowing up. Uh and the premise is super simple. Um <laughs> they partnered with Facebook to do this ad. And they said, if you unfriend 10 people on Facebook, we'll give you a coupon for a free Whopper. And uh, at the time, a Whopper costed around $5. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't super expensive. Yeah, um, so your, your friends are worth 50 cents a piece. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And this was one of the first fast food marketing campaigns to really use social media, which is kind of interesting. Um, the... <laughs> The uh, the twist was Burger King was allowed to send through Facebook an automatic message. No, it wasn't a message. It was a post onto the friend's wall who you sacrificed. And it was a message, a post from Burger King that says, this person has sacrificed you for one-tenth of a free burger. <laughs> I love that they tell people. Yeah. And so after 10 days, Facebook had to delete the campaign because... Uh, they said it was a violation of privacy because they didn't realize that Burger King was actually posting this on people's walls saying, hey, this person just unfriended you and here's why and here's how much it was worth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool thing was there was zero media budget. It cost them zero dollars to do that other than the cost of the coupons. There's no advertising, no promotions. They just released it and let people go crazy. And it got a ton of press and it just made me it made me so happy. So to do it, you had to use an app that you could install through Facebook. Uh, within a few days of releasing this campaign, the app was installed 60,000 times and 20,000 coupons were sent. 234,000 Facebook friends were deleted in favor wow. of one-tenth of a burger. I um, love it. And then <laughs> Facebook... The members would all, they would start to make groups that allowed people to add mass amounts of friends just to unfriend them later for the sacrifice. See, that's that's working together. Yeah. That's, that's teamwork. That's cleverness. And you can keep your actual friends. It works out. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got for that one. I just think hmm. that's one of the most creative, funniest uh, examples of a social media campaign. Love it. That's a good one. All right. You've got yeah, two I, left. I approve that one. I think. No, I think that was uh, two. Oh, this. You've got three left. Doesn't this have five? Three left. Yeah, I'll take 300. 300. Let's do. Uh, okay. Which popular retail. Uh, this popular retail store um, put a pregnancy test in a magazine ad. 
like a real pregnancy test that is usable? Can't ask. I can't answer any questions for you. You got to. That's not how Jeopardy works. I, I clearly say, really get how it works. I'm gonna say yes. It's a real one. I don't know how pregnancy tests work. Okay, <laughs> chemicals. Here's what I'm gonna say. Retail store. <laughs> mm, let's go. Who is Pennies? Nope. Uh, yeah. The correct answer so is who is IKEA? Oh. They they put an ad in a magazine. It was a piece of paper, um, <laughs> and. <clears throat> The ad says, peeing on this ad may change your life. And so what you were supposed to do, they gave some instructions. You had to tear this piece of paper out of the magazine to take it, pee on it. There's a strip in the middle. Uh, and the color, if you, were, if you were pregnant, the color on the strip would change to reveal red letters that say 50% discount. <laughs> on a crib sale. <laughs> Wait. Oh, that is... This is genius. not a joke. That's so weird. Yep. <laughs> I, I wish they would have just said, just kept it simple. If you, Peeing on this ad could change your life. That's it. <laughs> no explanation. <Okay. laughs> and that yeah, you just have to do it to see. It's crazy. Um, 50% it, off. Yeah. So there's this one guy from an ad agency who really wanted to do it. The ad agency was like, dude, I, I can't remember his name. We'll say it's Josh. He goes, dude, Josh, that's a really weird thing to come up with. He was like, yeah, I know, but I really want to do it. So they actually had to develop this technology just to do this ad um, that allowed for a glossy... So they wanted the paper to feel the same as yeah. it did for the rest of the magazine. So it had to be a gloss finish that still worked as a pregnancy test and so there's just a rectangle in the middle of the paper that was they said it had to be way bigger than your average pregnancy test um in order for it to work with the letters changing colors <laughs> and so it's just this huge rectangle in the middle of the paper and you just you know if you were really curious you the funny thing to me is i don't know i can't remember if they explicitly explained if it was a pregnancy thing or not or if they just left it as you you have to pee on this and it might be really helpful that is so crazy um this isn't the first pee campaign in 2001 animal planet this actually is really creative animal planet put urine scented ads at the bottom of lampposts and those ads attracted dogs. When the dogs ran over to sniff the lampposts, owners then saw a larger ad that was at their eye level promoting a dog award show. Oh, so That's their a, dogs lead them to the ads? Yep, that was their other use of pee-related <laughs> marketing. Huh. I feel like I could More have done one. a whole topic on pee-related marketing. Pee marketing. Anyway, yeah, there I you have sure it. You could. That's, that, a, oh, that's a pretty that weird one. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, let's just finish those two off. Uh, four than five. Four than five. Okay, this fast food... Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure... We'll just say this restaurant chain um, released its own perfume. 
Mm. This kind of gives me Burger King vibes. <laughs> like that's definitely something they would do. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, I think I feel like I've heard of this one though. Something that smells good, maybe like iconic. Oh, you know what? Also, real fast, I don't want to put any extra pressure on, but you're at yeah, yeah. negative $400 right now. If you get this right, you could be back to zero. No, I th- I think I'm at negative 600. No, I gave you t- I gave you 200 for since I got it wrong. Oh, heck yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> okay. So, okay. I need to get both of these right. Yep. Subway that would be iconic if Subway had a cuz like every time you walk you can tell when somebody's been to Subway just cuz they smell like the bread they go in there. Yep. That would be iconic. Uh I don't know, maybe like a Taco Bell hot sauce perfume. You know what? Mm, go with your gut. Burger King. <laughs> On an average, an average category, that would have been a great guess. The correct answer here is Pizza Hut. They they posted on Facebook a while back, just as a joke, and said, "Hey, do you love the smell of a box of Pizza Hut pizza being opened?" We thought so. If that smell was a perfume, what would it be called? And that was just a like a fun engagement joke. Turns out thousands and thousands of people, like tens of tens of thousands of people, ended up chiming in. Um, so much so, uh, the post was so successful that Pizza Hut decided to actually make it. So they made a perfume that smelled like a Pizza Hut pizza when it's first opened from the box. Uh, hmm. They only made 110 bottles, um, and they shared oh, it with the first fans who messaged asking for it. Uh, this was not in the U.S. I'm not sure. I don't remember where it was. Uh, but later, they released a Valentine's Day series in the U.S. And they made 72 specialty bottles. So, you listeners out there, if you're interested, there are in existence almost 200 Pizza Hut perfume bottles that you could get your hands on if you tried hard enough. I don't know. Do you know you how could... much it cost? I have no idea. I bet you could auction them. Yeah, I'm I'm checking it out on eBay. <laughs> Isn't that weird though? That's so weird. Uh I don't see any right off the bat. They must be a hot commodity. I feel like those yeah, would I'm be sure. those would be up there. Yeah. Yeah, you're not you get that thing, you're not selling it. Nope. Not even. Okay. You're using it. You're yeah. That's you're, crazy. Every last drop, every last spritz of that bad boy. Yeah. Money it, it, it's it's priceless. Last one. This this restaurant chain changed its name or sorry, let me start over. This restaurant popular restaurant train chain said it was going to change its name to promote a new offering. Yes, uh who is IHOP? Nailed it. IHOB, you mean? Yeah, International House of Burgers. I remember when they did this. I actually thought of this like a half hour ago and I was like I liked that one. <laughs> I, I liked that one. This one uh, is really funny. And it so if you don't know, IHOP, International House of Pancakes, uh, a couple years back said they were going to change their name to IHOB. And they didn't say why. 
they posted a GIF of the P in IHOP rotating up to become a B, and then a date, and that's all they did on the post. So then it made, you know, it was hugely popular. Everyone was blowing up, talking about it, saying, what could the B stand for? IHOP was like, "Mm, not going to tell you. You got to wait for this date. So this date comes, and they release that it means International House of Burgers. And the reason they did it was because they wanted to promote these burgers that they've been selling. That was literally the whole purpose of them. They've been selling burgers, but they didn't think many people knew about them. So they're like, all right, we're going to change our name. So they tell everyone, we're changing our name to IHOB. They don't actually do it, but they change their name on all their social media, um, even some stores. They go in. Oh, really? Yeah, they go in and rotate the sign around. Really? And they have pictures of guys like on the roof switching them out and stuff. It's kind of funny. Oh, cool. Um, And so every, <laughs> it was just like this weird thing. Everyone was like, what on earth are you doing, IHOP? Uh, and everyone roasted them. Like Wendy's said, who's known, Wendy's is known for roasting people on social media. Uh, and they, I could do a whole topic on Wendy's social media. They're awesome. They, <laughs> they posted and said, Remember when you were like seven and thought changing your name to Thunder Bear Sword would be super cool? It's like that. I still think it is. But our cheeseburgers Jokes are still on you, better. Wendy's. <laughs> I, I love that campaign. It's yeah. good. I think that's it's like so... one of the ones that popped into my mind. Yeah. I think that's how a good campaign is supposed to work. It's so Sticks clever. Yeah. It's just like so harmless, so entertaining, and just fun. And. Uh, a bunch of companies got involved with our local Learn Me Something favorite of this episode, Burger King, who changed its name on all its social media social media platforms to Pancake King, and then just out of nowhere, like they didn't post it, they just changed it for a bit. It's so funny. Uh, what a Burger changed its name on all its social media to What a Pancake. White Castle changed its name to Pancake Castle. <laughs> Cookie Monster changed its name to International House of Cookies. <laughs> Hot Pockets to Hot Buckets. <laughs> Net- <laughs> Netflix changed theirs to Netflib. And A&W flipped their logo upside down and then posted and said, don't ask what it means. We don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> that's See, that's so brilliant if you get other companies to promote promote your ad campaign it's like all these like the biggest companies biggest food companies in the world are all just playing on this or riffing on this one idea and i just think it's so funny uh but you may be asking what'd you say i think it's rare when uh like big companies social medias do really well or or are funny but like this that's an, an example where it's only funny because they're big corporations. Or it's not only funny, but like it's a lot more funny because they're big corporations. Because they're huge. And it's like, this seems yeah. like something you shouldn't be doing, but it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, the question you be, may be asking yourself is, did it work? And the answer is, it did. Um, they, after releasing this campaign, they started selling four times more burgers than they used to at an average of $500,000 a week in just burger sales. And that Not has bad. remained consistent 
to this day. Like, those levels haven't dropped. It raised awareness that they sold burgers, and now they're great burger sellers. Like, they're succeeding. Not bad. Yeah. And so that whole... I wanted to end on that one, because the whole... It just makes me happy, that whole campaign. That is so awesome. Yeah, I like that one. Big so fan. There you have it. That's just a... a what was that? Five, four, nine... 12 wow. different marketing campaigns. And there's a ton of... When it came to like the worst and weirdest ones, there's a ton of horrible ones. Uh, but I tried to pick ones that were like still decently uplifting. And not sure. like they said something or did something racist or... Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a ton out there like that. Like yeah, Ford, Ford released one where they put three women tied up uh, on, like, a picture in the back of their, like, trucks. So oh, they so it painted like it on the tailgate. The truck? Yeah, to make it look like they were in the truck being held captive. And Why? <laughs> I don't know. Their, camp- their campaign, I forget what the slogan was, but it was something like, uh, oh, yeah, it was to advertise their bigger trunk space. And it was like enough trunk oh space my. to get rid of your problems or something horrible like no that. No way. Yeah. And then that seems like something a guy says, and then they're like, "No." Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's uh, crazy. stupid idea. Yeah, and they did it, and they had to apologize and stuff. That's just one of the many, many very poor dis- uh, decisions that some of these companies have made. Wow. Anyway, if you're interested okay. in some of the darker ones there, you can just Google like worst marketing <laughs> campaigns or most controversial marketing campaigns. There's a billion of them. I love that. But there you have that it. That was fun. Our first I, Jeopardy my style. My final score. Yeah, I love it. My, my final score is negative 300. Uh, if somebody gets better, let us know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, some of these were pretty niche. So I'm impressed that you made it as far as you did. Not too bad. Not yeah. too bad. And thanks for the extra 200 points. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. What do you okay. say we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah. Sounds good. I'll, I'll give a little quick pitch. This is why you should vote for me. Um, I talked about Voitech the bear. Voitech was a drinking, smoking, wrestling <laughs> bear. He's a part of the Polish army. And he would carry artillery shells and ammunition crates. He helped them in battle he just great all-around bear all around good fella loved people loved eating cigs how can you not love him (laughs) good and i think you should vote for me because i changed the format up from your standard topic to a more of a game and uh talked about some fun stuff i I don't really have a reason other than those two things that's that's what i got you want to tell them what the punishment is? Yeah, so this one you have the loser is going to have to get <laughs> this one's like, funny. long acrylic nails for a whole day. <laughs> and we both work on computers, so I I will learn if I mean whoever loses will learn <laughs> how to type with acrylic nails. Yeah, like the long creepy spidery ones. Yeah, yeah. So please vote for for me, me to win. For me. Vote for me to win. Please. Please. <laughs> I, need, I need this. Okay, Josiah. 
Do you got anything else to say? Uh, no, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, this was a fun one. I, li- I liked, you had a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, you did too. I Overall, this was one of my favorite episodes so far this season. Just because lots of, lots of fun stuff going around. It's good content. Yeah. yeah, and stuff I had no idea about, which is fun. Yeah, Boytech. Look, look up some pictures. Improve your day. Yep. All well, right. Well, hold on. I should address something. Uh-oh. Some people are like, that's horrible. They they abused this bear. Maybe. But you you got to admit, Voitech, pretty cool bear. <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. Wow. So Josiah is saying you have to admit that animal abuse might be okay because it's cool and fun. I'm trying to say Voitech <laughs> is awesome. Larry, uh, why don't you, why don't you play us out?